0: Joe Earth and I are starting a podcast. What should we call it? Mm.
1: Hey, don't pick on me. You know why? Because this is why. Let's see what he says. The Joe
0: Show. Give Joe the business. <laughs> That's right. of <Double> Joe. of <laughs> Joe. What
1: is happening here? Would
0: you listen? We'll give you a chance. Thank you. Uh... That's Joe. That's Rooster. And this is the Gather We Shall podcast, episode forty-three, our third year. What is up,
1: man? Happy twenty twenty-four, dude. You know how many times? How many times have you messed that up? Like twenty twenty-four? Like it's funny you say that
0: because. I haven't messed it up. Not at all. And Chris, Chris Wood and I had a finance meeting yesterday and we were just talking about how when we used to not manage like accounts and look at dates and do charts of accounts and enter QuickBook entries, yeah. how we used to mess that up all the time. But now when you're so focused on the end of a fiscal year, like it's in your face. So no,
1: haven't messed it up yet. What's funny is some of the things that I did mess up were QuickBook entries. <laughs> oh gosh please no no <laughs> don't do that <laughs> just just the description though yeah yeah i fixed yeah, them no. i was like man why But it's you're 2024 right. we are closer to like 1970 now mm-hmm. than 1970 is to like whatever that thing was something crazy yeah. yeah yeah it's crazy it's, it's a, a wild like, time man I don't
0: know. <laughs> well closer to 1960 than we are to 2100 (laughs) or better yet the other way around anyway yeah it's wild perspective man it doesn't stop it keeps going yeah so i mean we we wrapped out last year with you and i hopping on and looking back at all the past episodes which was cool um hopefully people enjoyed that one it's been months since we've had an episode
1: hopefully we didn't lose any listeners uh during our our holiday break but as as most of our listeners probably know you know the the holiday period gets hectic and trying to Nail down schedules for for three people is is tough, but we're back. We're ready. I mean, holidays were good. Boys had fun. They're at that age where, like, if if you are raising them in the in the Santa Claus
0: era, like they are at that age where Santa Claus is like real. You're telling me Santa's not real? Oh wow. Well, hmm. I think we'd do a whole podcast on that. I didn't say Santa was not real. I'm saying that like your children wake up on Christmas morning and (laughs) Santa
1: Claus visits them the hours before and everything about that it's real it's great because like I naturally don't remember when I came to the revolution or whatever but like Owen's asking all those questions now like especially like when we watch like the NORAD tracker you know it's like he's like how does he like get here like that's he's moving really fast and like where's all the stuff he's like if we go to the grocery store and we have all the stuff like how does he uh, ask your mom (laughs) gotta go
0: (laughs) ask your mom or cue the elf movie i mean so many options yeah Um, i i too remember like when briley was asking all the questions in the fifth grade and i didn't say ask your mom i was like Riley, really? Do I got to draw it out for you? Like, is this really <laughs> yeah. even possible? Think about all the homes just in our neighborhood. And suddenly it started to click that I was telling her without telling her that like, oh no, yeah. she got home. She ran in the house. She went running into Lori. Dad said Santa Claus. Bah! I was like, bro. Oh, what? And Lori's uh-huh. like, what the what? <laughs> anyway, yeah. what the perfect kind of story to transition us into episode 43's guest. Today we have Tracy David with us, which is exciting because she is a boy mom. She has raised three young boys who are now men and has probably many similar stories or encounters related to what we just talked about. Tracy, what's
2: happening? How are y'all?
0: <laughs> well, you just heard. We're reminiscing yeah. on the past six weeks of fun.
2: The whole so- Sam thing is, is a little touchy. You gotta, you know, do you wanna, do you not? And Joe, for you, I feel like technology with kids kids younger and younger and younger, it takes away the magic. You know, when we were younger, we just had to believe it.
1: Yeah.
2: And now kids have the technology to track it and to look at it. And they understand it more because of all the technology. So it's a little harder just to believe in the magic. Now kids have the technology to track it and to look at it and they understand it more because of all the technology. So it's a little harder just to believe in the magic.
1: Santa brings gifts, but so does mom and dad and grandma and uncles and all this stuff. Now that everything's like opened and out, like Western would be like, "Who gave us this gift?" And I'll be like, "Mom and dad." And then no one's like, "No, you said Santa." And I'm like, "Santa gave it to mom and dad to give <laughs> to you, and I put it together." Um, uh, go to your room. <laughs> like i just like, go, "Go to that's your that's room." Yeah, that's
0: good.
2: Most men are just a surprise Christmas morning at what Santa brought
1: yes. in general. 100%. That is, like, so that, there was, like, a meme of that going around, 100% fact. And, and then the one that was, like, all dads on Christmas Day, and he had, like, the trash bag. I was, like, yeah. there's nothing more truer in life. Yeah. I Like, the other day, Owen was wearing some new shoes. And I was, like, man, those are nice. When would you get those? And he was, like, you got them for me for Christmas. I was, like, sweet. <laughs> those, are, those are nice. They're yeah. yeah, the, the dad it, with
0: the dad with the trash bag is good, dude. You cannot yeah. allow a piece of, of of wrapping to sit on the floor for longer than four seconds, right? Owen now.
1: did it. Owen did it all this year. I just I just sat back and like ate and drank and smiled and like looked in presents too. I'm like, what is that? Huh? Land's like, <laughs> we got it. I'm like, looking on the Amazon account, like, yeah, I think we got that one.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> if you do it right, my so Kim, you mentioned my three boys and being grown men. They are twenty two gonna be 21 in three days and 19 and we have elves our elves come at christmas and they move around the house and did when they were little and they had shenanigans and they still expect their elves to move and have shenanigans they abide by the
1: we're not touching the elves rule so now i'm confused like like human elves what are these elves
2: they're little elves like the elf you've seen the elf on the shelf
1: yeah
2: okay so they each got one Uh, when they were born and it, it comes on, in our house that arrives the day that the Christmas tree goes up. And then they move around the house together. Our three, they had cheese ball fights. They had marshmallow. And they don't move during the day. They're in a different place. They had they rolled toilet paper down the hallway one year. They draw faces. Then as they got older, one year they were in the crock pot with marshmallows and little shot glasses.
1: The Elf on the Shelf thing is getting carried away. Like Oh, oh it's... it's crazy to the the point where like owen got upset because like they had one in the classroom and like every other kid had one and he's like where's ours i'm like i it got no just no because (laughs) all the parents are like stressed out like oh my god we gotta set this thing up and do all these crazy things well we got one like i don't know the week before christmas i don't know when we got it and i was like I opened the like Amazon package and was like, ah, put put in the ad." Like, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if it's even needed next year. Like, no, that's the last thing that like. And it sound it's so selfish. Like, right? Like, kids are clean, fed, books, all that. Go to bed. It's like, yes, my time. i was like, I set up this damn elf to like make a mess that I, I then have. Like, I'm making a mess to clean up the mess. Nah. Mm-mm.
0: Yeah, Lori and I never did the off-on-the-shelf thing. Tracy just took it to another level, though, Joe. They had three. Like, every one of the boys had their own, and they would move they them they around the house. Yeah. <laughs> animalism. Mm, freaking. Yeah, they
2: did pretty much the same thing, so it wasn't too hard, um, but there was one time, and it's noted on Facebook, that one of the boys had a bad day, and we went to dinner, and when we came back, that one elf had left, because if you're bad or if you touch the elf, it goes back to the North Pole to tell Santa. And the other two were devastated because that elf was missing. The next day, that elf came back and they were all sitting in front of their little children's Bible reading the commandments about honor thy thy mother and thy father. And the boys were ecstatic because that elf came back.
1: See, at first you had me like I went back to North Pole but Owen knows, like we watched a video yesterday, like there is a flight from JFK that's 11 hours to Finland and you take this train for another 11 hours and how to get to the North Pole and, and he's like trying to do the math and he's counting and I'm like, yeah, it's over a day of travel just to get there yeah. so if I'm like, came back if, tonight the elf left but it came back he's tomorrow he'd be math. like, there's not enough time, not enough time magic uh, we <laughs> eat, pre-check or nothing, you can't make it it's, it's science <laughs> carry <laughs> on science. or frickin'.
0: Dude, I think we could keep going down this road for a while. Tracy, um, I always like to ask the guests, to like, who are you, Like, where are you coming from, and why do you think you're on the podcast?
2: I'm Tracy David. I live in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Um, I am involved or became involved in Ainsley's Angels because I am Lori Rossiter's first cousin. Um, we grew up together. Our parents are siblings. We grew up together um, as kids. Her and my sister, Tanya, who was on a previous podcast um best friends so most of my childhood memories involved Lori and then as we got older you and Lori got married I got married and then between us our six children were all born within like five years so Lori and I had that um connection for a while not for a while we still do but you were gone i think most of that time so she would come stay for a few weeks during um like i think she came for easter or spring when the kids were real little she was pregnant for camden i think so um and then fast forward to Ainsley's angels of america starting in kim's sister's living room back in 2011 and here i am
1: it's so <laughs>
0: there's a lot like, there's a lot yeah. there, huh
1: Joe? <laughs> tangents, tangents and say, like, fair. People that are just listening to this, like are still semi trying to process like who is Kim. This, you know oh, yeah. I mean? There's someone out there right now that's like, yeah, dude, I've been like googling it. Like, I don't know who this Kim is.
2: So because Lori's my cousin, Kim is family, so we know him as Kim, but everyone in the Angels Angels world and or military world. And or probably his close friends know him as Rooster. If I'm talking to Kim, I talk to him as Kim, but I refer to him in the Angels world. I refer to him as Rooster. It's confusing, uh, but it's. I've only
1: heard like I think like one male call him Kim, and that's Terry. Mm. Yeah. Probably. I, I, my, yeah. So uh,
0: I didn't think we were going. I didn't, I didn't think we were going down that tangent. I don't know where to go <laughs> now, uh, Joe. What else would you like to talk about?
1: So, I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's the new year, right? It's twenty twenty four It's the beginning of January. We're about to embark on our uh, first big national event of of the year at the Louisiana Marathon. But we also launched a new national effort, um, hopefully you all have seen or heard about it of angel allies. So if you're listening to this, odds are you're you're a registered member of the organization. But if you're not, go to the website. You can sign up to be a runner, a rider, a guardian, which is someone that helps out, or just an ally, somebody that may not be able to run or help out, but you love what we do. And you can forward emails and text your friends and tell them and show them all the great things that we're doing for inclusion across the country. So those angel allies, um, if that's you, head over to the website and, and sign up. But the first one I mentioned was Guardian, and Tracy is the first Guardian Angel on record for the organization.
2: Yeah, so in 2011, my sister Tanya called me and she said, hey, we love what Kim, Brewster, and Ainsley are doing running, you know, these races, and we want to we wanna start an organization as Ainsley's Legacy. Um, so come to Christine's house, we're going to have a meeting and and get this going. And I was like, I don't run. I'm not. I'm not running. I'm not, I'm not running. I don't run. And she's like, No, 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 we're gonna find something for you to do. You're really organized. You're good at email. So just come to the meeting. So there I went in the meeting and um, aa at yahoo.com was created. And um, that's kind of where we started. I didn't really realize, I guess that I was probably the first guardian angel until Shelley Warner's podcast. And she went into depth talking about the fact that they just took pictures and, and that you didn't have to be a runner. You didn't have to be a writer, that there's something that everyone can contribute with. And I was like, you know what? I think I was the first guardian angel because I didn't run. Christine, I think maybe ran. Kim got her to run. And um, but I did not run my first. 5K until 2017, and it was my first and one and only. I'm done, but I did it, um, and that's a whole nother story. But I never wanted to run and never had an interest, but yet I wanted to be a part of the organization. So I handled all of the emails, and at first, Facebook was the first like presence, and there wasn't all the different you know um, locations. So every time we had a race, I was out there with my camera taking pictures and uploading them, and um, it was really cool to see as I uploaded pictures days later, people changing like their profile pictures to the pictures from the event. Um, but yeah, so first guardian angel, I, I think I hold that title. You mentioned
0: that to us late last year and that's what tied us into saying, well, let's bring you on and let's talk about that. Because as Shelley said in episode seven, like these are the, this is the glue, that really holds what Ainsley's Angels does together. It's the volunteers that are doing so many things behind the scenes. And I mean, to this day, like every single person in your family that your son became a runner, but like everyone else continues to this day to help in non-running or riding ways. I mean, your husband cooks, you know, food and comes out and cheers us on and supports you in your endeavors. Your oldest two sons have volunteered at numerous events. Your son's a runner. And then you could even look at your brother who pulls the trailer and your sister, Tanya, who continues in in leadership roles. Like the list goes on. Your mom, she comes and hands out things and does race registration. Like It all starts really with, with a group of people who can unify. And then everyone that's unified in that process feels like they have their role. They have a place. They belong. And that's ultimately, Tracy, what led to Joe was like, I wonder if... I wonder if Tracy's boss at Edward Jones knows all the things Tracy does for Ainsley's angels. And then as our wheels started to turn, we were like, Tracy's boss probably doesn't run. He probably doesn't ride. He probably hasn't come out and done guardian angel things, but I bet you he's an ally of Ainsley's angels because Tracy does so much for it. And he's happy for her and he supports what she does. And that's when it hit. It was like, Angel runner, angel rider, guardian angel, let's have an angel ally. So we're challenging you to get your boss to go on the website and click the button and become an angel ally. I mean, because what's it mean after that? Well, who knows where it goes? Just like who knows where it goes after Tracy creates a Yahoo email address. And here we are 12 plus years later, who knows where it goes?
1: Just neat, really, really cool. I remember exactly where I was at Home Depot. Ironically, when we came up, we're talking through this ally thing. And like, exactly. Edward Jones is a perfect example, right? I mean, if your boss signs up to do it, right, and then sees all these good things, then he tells, you know, his friend in Texas at Edward Jones' office. And then it becomes the game of uh, telephone and all this. And next thing you know, there's Edward Jones, you know, partnerships and all these great things. And they're spreading the word or adding us to email distribution lists and everything. So, I mean, I I think we really are at the point now within within the organization where we truly, 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 truly have a spot for everyone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Talking about the family in Southwest Louisiana, of course, you know, Kim's sister and Lori's cousins, you know, we're all in because we're Ainsley's family. You know, we were all in because we were enjoying what we got to see. And as Ainsley's Angels grew and we started meeting people who didn't have like our runners, our angel runners, they don't have a child who has disabilities or they might not work in a field where they work with kids with disabilities. But we know our purpose. Our purpose was because Ainsley's our family and because we believe in everything that you and Ainsley were doing. I remember just being floored at the number of people who just, they have no ties to Ainsley or Anyone particular who may have a disability and they're just volunteering, they're all in 110% every time we get a new ambassadorship and that ambassador, you know, if we have a lot of ambassadors who have family members who may have a disability or they work in a community setting where they are active with people with disabilities. So you kind of get their why, but then you occasionally get these few people who are just like, I just believe in what you're doing and I want to be a part of it you know, and that's just, it's just amazing
1: to me. There really are a lot of good people. Yeah. And genuine people out there. I mean, you talk about this thing of, of ally, right, and, and volunteers, like, we would not be talking today in the, the manner that we are without, you know, some of our biggest allies, um friends and partners uh, in and at microsoft you know what i mean like a, a good guy said hey i work at microsoft and then here's a buddy of mine who can help you do all these things and you know here we are up and running supported by microsoft like that's that's awesome and those people don't ride or run or volunteer at right. events there's allies all around us and we don't even really know it
0: yeah. And when we talk about allies, we're talking, you you, you brought the corporate element of it, but like just being an ally to your neighbor, like an opportunity every single, oh, wait, is that a drink? Oh, it's Miller time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Y'all thought 2024, we weren't going to have Miller time anymore. It's that part of the show where everybody's invited to get their favorite beverage, whatever it may be. If you're tube fed as I say, Josh, I'm looking at you, tell your dad, turn that machine on. Uh, We invite you as well. So Tracy, uh, you raised the glass, but that's a neat little cup you have there. Is that Mm -hmm. for uh, the big Louisiana
1: marathon?
2: So that is, that's from 2022. Uh, We like to give our participants a memento from the race weekend. And this year we chose to do a cup, which is my favorite cup. Um, So yeah, we've, Louisiana Marathon's coming up um, Friday. You guys will be flying in for that in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. I think we have nine states. I'm going to tangent because you called out my cup. So nine states represented 14 ambassadorships and over 60 teams running over four races over the two-day race weekend.
0: In Baton Rouge. That's pretty Makes special. Sense. I I I actually hope to get this episode released like very soon. We usually like to do it on Tuesdays, but I'd like to get it out maybe this week so people can listen to it while they're going to Baton Rouge perhaps. Um, But at the same time, just on the other side of the state line from you at Houston, they saw yeah. all the they saw all the fun we're having in Baton Rouge. And that also has a similar event happening the same weekend, this weekend, that has opened up into the inclusive space. And Heather's leading the show out there. I think all the numbers you just shared with us about Baton Rouge, you have an equal thing happening in Houston. So, but on the I-10 corridor between Houston and Baton Rouge, man, inclusion movement.
2: Yeah. We actually it? have one of our wife, um, husband, wife, Lays and Myra Camp. They roll with us all the time, they go with us to all the travel. Yeah, they're defecting from us this weekend and they're doing Houston. So we're going to allow them one defection or deflection, whatever you call it. Uh, mm-hmm. But they that's something they wanted to experience. So um, we're excited that they get to go experience. You, Houston. Just, you
1: just do like, you know, they can do uh, evens in Texas, odd in Louisiana, because I mean, Louisiana is a bit odd. So it works out.
0: <laughs> although louisiana would be evens right because no you're right yeah uh break break edit that good job joe <laughs> my numbers are all messed up <laughs> <laughs> uh, i was like wait i just did it up the, we I don't no not the years yes uh, touche bro touche anyway that's fun yeah but it's one big angels angels family all across the country and everyone having a blast this week and next week and the race series kicking off in march anyway I could talk so much about the things happening across Ainsley's Angels, but I, I want to look back a little bit. Well, first, Joe, what are you drinking? Do you have something for Miller Time? Just want to
1: make sure. I do have something for Miller Time um, in my mug. Uh, it is not Miller. Um, it is actually a like, kids sugar-free apple juice because it yes. was <laughs> the first thing that was there when I opened, when I opened. I just drank a okay. tumbler full of uh, noon, and I opened the. I don't. Wanted something other than water i guess and open the fridge and it was yeah. it was there and i was like yeah that's what we're going with
2: just to jump back real quick on myra and blaze like how awesome is that like we said that you know 2011 in christine's living room starting ainsley's angels and this weekend a writer team had the choice do we want to run the marathon in louisiana at baton rouge or do we want to go to houston they had a choice
0: yeah Yeah, it's wild. And not only a choice, but we're like invited by the race directors, like open arms, like categories established, you know, start lines there, logistics are in place, rider codes are in place, like all of the things. And, and, and that we have reflected on recently about how the mission of road racing and inclusive road racing was, was the focus for so many years and how now we continue to do that. But this inclusion without limits vision is presenting itself at just the right time for us as an organization, for us as a family, for us as a country, to really lean into what are those things that we could be doing better Whether it's being an ally to your neighbor or, you know, showing up in in your community in a way that makes it more accessible or more uh, inclusive or more feeling of that sense of belonging. And so, yeah, that is a great point. And I love that, Tracy. So as our teams go to Baton Rouge and, and Houston this weekend, it's like identify things in your community that could be better. For everyone. Is there a curb that needs to be fixed? You know, do we take the time to contact the Department of Transportation or the city? Like the so many, I just I have a whole bunch of stuff in my head about how we can mm-hmm. be better allies. But um yeah,
1: no great point. Well, Joe? I mean, that's that's great too. I mean, like the the neighbor, you know, love thy neighbor, and but the neighbor's a great example. I mean, because you know, I got a, a neighbor, um, who's an an elderly elderly gentleman with two children, um, both with special needs. And I say children, they're older than all of us but there was a, an issue within the neighborhood uh, a month or so ago I talked to you about it uh, with this handrail and the good old hoas of the world said that's not allowed and the whole neighborhood came together and like complained and yeah that not an issue anymore because you had basically probably 249 other homes like we all signed a thing and emailed everybody and the, the lady at the homeowners organization was probably like man that's a not, that's a lot of emails, but
0: yeah. So what you're talking about really is activism, activism, and being an advocate and being an ally, um, and 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 then Joe taking it to the next step. So now that that family has their home modified and it's it's in accordance with HOA for the sake of this this instant, does the policy has the policy now been changed in writing for your homeowners association that says blah 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 in accordance with ADA? You know that's
1: what's It's uh, it has not yet, but it is uh, has been discussed because uh, as my neighborhood is just finished completion being built, like as of like two weeks ago, uh, we are now taking over uh, the board. And that was one of the things to to rewrite because we also have the chair at the pool that hasn't worked in, in five years.
0: Yeah, that's adaptive chair at a pool that yeah, facilitates like,
1: everybody getting in.
0: But like, it's it's like, well, let's just check that box. There's an adaptive swimming pool because we got this it, thing and the family's happy wow. over here. No, put it in policy. So I love that the, the new board's talking
1: about that. That's what I'm talking about. That's awesome. You mentioned educating allies, right? I mean, education is a huge part of what we do. We have an angel ally development program where we're taking right now eight allies and, and training them and mentoring them and guiding them as they live and work all over the country and in one case, a little bit of the world um, to be active, you know, and for that activism and help transform those communities. And if it's the curve or if it's the handrail or if it's, why is there not a adaptive park in our area? Or how come there's not a ramp that goes to the public library? And these are all things that are cohort one is is looking into for their project. If This type of stuff and allyism if that's a word, and activism is a thing for you, you know, Pay attention this spring as we're going to start um, putting applications out for Angel Alley Development Cohort 2.
0: Yeah, no, great plug. Good timing on that. And I want to use that to transition back to Tracy to talk about, like, leadership by example, um, doing by example. Let's, I mean, let's just talk about Devin for a minute. Okay. So your youngest son, 19 he started running with Ainsley's Angels whenever he could like just barely walk. So, and I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but the reason Devin wanted to go and be involved as a runner was why in your recollection?
2: Uh, well, we first started Ainsley's Angels here. It was a family effort. So we all went out to the races. Our boys were younger. Devin was eight, eight and a half. And they had a turkey trot here and our kids did the little one mile K run where they just run by themselves and the boys did that and then um, I guess it was the spring of 2013 and Devin said mom I want to do what nanny does nanny is Tanya I want to run so I was like well she's gonna have to train you because I'm not but I think the why first of all Devin is that kid that he's going to try anything go anywhere with anybody he's just very um open to everything and he ran his first little 5k he couldn't even see over the handlebars of the little freedom the smallest little freedom was at a spirit little smallest freedom chair uh, and he ran his first 5k and the seed was planted and um, from the time he was eight and a half until his senior year of high school um he ran he's ran four half marathons he's ran an ultra with you guys um he just the the bug bit him, and that's just something he wanted to do, and so he put his mind to it to do it. And I, he loved being around everyone. He loved taking the road trips that we would go to. Um, he just really enjoyed, and he's competitive. So there's that.
0: <laughs> there is that, and and I know that the three of us could talk about Devon stories for a whole podcast. Maybe we just need to bring him on one day. But at the risk of doing that, I want to continue to pull this string. You said the bug bit him. Yeah. the bug the bug that bit him was the leadership that he saw with his his aunt tanya running and pushing that's mm-hmm. the bu- bug that bit him but there's a similar line here to to your brother tad and the things that he witnessed that was happening and what his children chose to do and killed to still do to this day because of that bug tell us mm-hmm. about how your brother and his children have gotten involved and still are to this day
2: so, Tad, um, Reagan, so Tanya's husband, Reagan, was our is our equipment manager. He has the trailer. He maintains the trailer. But Reagan, up until recently, was a fireman. So, there were some races that we would have that Reagan was not available to pull the trailer. And not anyone can just jump in a tr- truck and pull a 26-foot trailer. Um, so, Tad was able to jump in and fill that space. In doing so, his son, Ben, he is very much a hands-on um, with with manipulating things, machinery, things like that. So Ben jumped in, and he was all about uh, equipment processing and putting chairs together and pumping up tires and helping out. Um, And then that spilled over to sunset 5k our annual race we have every year here in Southwest Louisiana, and Tad's whole family comes together for that. Um, Adam, his oldest son, Um, He is on a um, golf cart, walkie talkie ice. They were both in both Adam and Ben were in Boy Scouts. So they're very much already mentally into the service part of helping people. And then Carly and Sarah stepped up and they started helping as well. Sarah does a lot of the behind the scenes stuff for us for sunset prepping. Um, But again, I think it's just a family affair. You know, we just we're doing it because we're liking doing it. And then the boys just kind of fell in line and, um, you know, my other two, they get involved, but they didn't get as involved as Devin. Um, But it it doesn't mean that they don't want to or if I ask them to help with Ainsy's Angels, they do. They're usually at the at the uh, storage building unloading and loading for sunset weekend so
0: you use the word service and when we're talking about these youth i mean how old was ben when he first started helping the trailer i mean he was you know maybe a tween
2: ben's 20 so i'd say probably the last 10 years so
0: so the same you know you said service and i'm tying it to to really how we as people feel when we serve. And and sometimes, you know, that service can be therapeutic. Sometimes that service can be tied to love of family, love of country, love of community. Um, ultimately though, serving is something that every single person can do. And and that's the beauty of what we get a chance to do when we do what we do. So serving so powerful.
2: It's, It's funny you say that because, um, again, referencing back to that phone call where Tanya said, we're starting names, it's angels, we're gonna have an organization. I don't run, I'm not doing it. She's like, No, you can come. I was like, Okay, so for me, mentally, I was like, finally, I'm going to belong to an organization to something that I can give back something that I can do for others. I initially thought I was going to be a teacher growing up, went to college for a couple of years, dropped out of college, never went back. Um, didn't go to be a teacher, but that was always a calling I had. So I really felt, and I wanted to be a SPED teacher, work with the children who have disabilities um, and or hearing impaired. Um, So this was an eye opening for me and a way for me to finally achieve sort of what I wanted to do with my life, being involved where I could give back. I did not expect, and I always get choked up when I tell people this, to get back from people what I got back family members, the unconditional love from rider athletes who are just ecstatic to see you and thrilled that you're there, no inhibitions, and the parents who just are are the caretakers who are just endlessly grateful for everything you do. And you feel like you are race day, sunset 5K, being pulled into a million directions, you're hot, you're tired, you've been on your feet and working all week on this. And you've got parents who say, this is the best day of our lives. And you're like, really? Because let me tell you all the things that are going wrong.
1: <laughs> but it,
2: it really floored me um, very, very quickly how much I got back when I thought that I was supposed to be giving that much.
1: Yeah, I. Yes, concur. <laughs> yeah. I think it's also there's like, you know, I don't want to put a number on it. But- for me as as the runner like after doing a race you know and the caretaker says hey thanks for pushing you know johnny and it's like no thank you for trusting me and allowing me to push it or you know it's my pleasure it's my an honor to to do so so and from the runner's standpoint as well you know we get so much more back um than i think we're we're putting in right yeah we're going physically and getting tired and all that but having that athlete be an athlete for the day or however long it is like what we're getting back from that is indescribable against, you know, the inspire be inspired circle.
0: Yeah, man. Whenever you, whenever you unify and, and unify happens, you get that sense of belonging. And and Tracy, as you got that invitation to come sit in that living room, that invitation is what started the process. And so what we always try to do through our values is to invite And to ensure everyone knows that you are welcome you're always welcome to come but you know an invitation is one thing achieving a sense of belonging is another and so for you a non-runner going into this running organization do you ever remember a point where you were extremely comfortable with the fact that you are not a runner even though you're going to every single one of these races Did, did did you ever have to struggle with this well i'm not running thing
2: yeah. So I got over that when I ran my first 5K.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so did you? Yeah. So I want to hear all about that. So, did, so did you, you were carrying with you from 2011, 2012, all the way up until 2017 this, this thing that was unspoken, at least unspoken to me, of maybe not completely belonging? Is that fair so to say?
2: I would hear everyone come back just we got to bang a gong on the race course and we got sprayed with water and we got donuts and we laughed, and we played music and um i would hear that and then i also on some of the race courses that i was able to get out on i captured those pictures so every picture i captured no one was like struggling or acting like they just did not everyone was having a blast on the race course and Runners would come back and they would talk about, oh, do you remember at mile whatever? And we got to do this, and I'm just sitting there going, I want to go do that. So be careful what you ask for. In November of 16, I went to my doctor, and she's like, you're pre-diabetic. She said, you, you, I've always, I was already on high blood pressure medicine. You're pre-diabetic. I was 190 pounds. I say it was baby weight, but that's good 10 years after that, And so I can't call that. But I've never been one, to exercise, like, my whole life, I've always just been skin and bones, and then I've never had any kind of exercise regimen, and I ate like crap, so that realization hit me, and I was like, okay, I'm, like, 40 years old, like, I can't, I can't be pre-diabetic and 190 pounds, so I started Couch to 5k that January with the intention of, I'm going to run a 5k, and started couch to 5k which got me running um and then i'm very lucky or not so lucky in this case to live on the same street as my sister who does exercise and does work out and um is very very um uh regimented. and so she's like couch to 5k is not going to cut it we got to get you toned and so i'd go run down to her house and we would have a 45 minute circuit workout around her pool and then i would run back home and i went From 190 in November of 16 to 154 at my smallest that next summer. And I was going to run the St. Patrick's Day 5K, three miler, because it was at the end of my couch to 5K six week training. Um, But I was out running the night before and pulled something in my leg. I remember walking, I was right by Tanya's house. I walked in crying and I was like, I pulled something and I'm not gonna be able to run. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just run sunset because sunset's very important to us. It's our race. Yeah, these people who put on their own race and and then get out there and run it, I don't know how they did that. But I did it. I ran with Tanya and we chose um, one of our riders and uh, who I knew we would have fun with. And I figured if I run with Tanya, I can't run with Devin, he's way too fast. And, um, I don't want to say I hated every minute of it, but I don't think the pictures of me on the race course looked like all the other pictures of people. Cause I just did not enjoy myself, <laughs> but Tanya made it fun and she was an excellent coach. And she was like, okay, we're going to run to this lamppost and then you can take a break and we can walk and da da da. Um, but I have a really, really, um, emotional story about the end of that race. So we're approaching the finish. It's 45 minutes in. Most people have finished their race. Um, and it's getting dark. Um, but I'm still trudging along. I see the, I see the turn for the finish is right up ahead. And all of a sudden I see this little shadow, this little bitty shadow running towards me and it's Devin and he comes running and I'm running and he comes and he runs right alongside me and just steps in. You're doing great, mom. Come on, mom. You're almost there mom. And I was like, like not wanting to finish. He ran all the way with me. We made that curve. And two of my best friends who also ran earlier and who are beast and run very fast, they had come back. So when I crossed the finish line, I had my sister, my son, I'm gonna cry, my two best friends all cheering me on. And that's, that, that was just the most memorable part of that whole race for me. Everything that, I didn't like about that race was nullified because I had that love coming to get me, to carry me through the final, the final part. And then I couldn't feel my legs. They were jello.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and as you, I I saw there's just one picture and we got to put it on our Instagram as you were leaning into the chair and being pulled by the rider towards the finish and your family and your friends around you, just the grimace on your face was one of just so much emotion Uh, for accomplishing this, but also so much just gratitude for those around you. Uh, Just a powerful picture.
2: I was pushing through. I was like, I I decided I was going to do this. I'm going to do this. And um, and then I crossed it and just felt this like relief slash exhaustion. It was funny how the adrenaline was just going, going, going. Thank God they picked, I think when they picked me up, the adrenaline kicked back into high gear. And then when I crossed that finish line, I, I, there's pictures of me hugging Greg and my mom. And I think there's a picture of me hugging Lori or Lori hugging me. And Lori, probably her little five foot two, probably had to hold me up. Um, I just remember thinking I, I finished it. I did. Um, and it was painful. And the next day I couldn't walk. But uh, I was very proud that I did finish it. So what changed though, in the moment that
0: you, that you finished this, you finally have gotten to a point where you're, you're an angel runner after all these years of wanting to potentially do it and not feeling fully like you belonged. But did anything really change after you finished that 5k as it applied to your true sense of belonging?
2: No, I just didn't like running. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I loved, I loved being out on the course. I loved passing people, all the things that I thought I was missing out on. I did get to experience. So I was, that was enough for me. I was happy with that. And I tell people when they say, Oh, Luke, you're with Ainsley's Angels. Do you run? And I'm like, no, I don't run. I had one race. I ran it. And then Ainsley and I had a conversation and she said, aunt Tracy, if you really don't like running, you can just keep doing all the other things that you you do for the organization and she's fine with that. So we had our own personal conversation.
0: That's beautiful. And here we are in 2024 and you are officially the executive assistant, the, the top level of the organization, keeping Joe and I in check with things. And uh, so it reinforces the idea that like, if in your heart, there's this need, this desire, this pulling to serve. There's a role for everybody and we got to play to your strengths. You got to find your niche. And I'm so glad that we have uh, had the opportunity to share this journey with you and that you've been there since day one. And you're here now again, keeping Joe and I in check. So with much gratitude, thank you. I am
2: seeing how everything's evolving too and how my role has changed. You know, I'm still lead guardian angel for Southwest Louisiana. I still have a lot of responsibilities on the local level but also I like being involved on the national level as well to kind of encompass all of it um and I think it's really cool to look back to say I'm not a runner Tanya I'm not gonna come to this like I don't have anything to contribute and fast forward and here I am you know so you you just don't know the possibilities are limitless especially if you have people who believe in you you know, my role with, with Ainsley's Angels has changed a lot on the national level as as we grow and as we move things around and take on new, um, like you said, stepping outside of just being a running organization. What can we do? And I'm very thankful and blessed that you guys are like, okay, how do we get this accomplished now? And who's the best person for that? Oh, look, what about Tracy? She's good at this and this and this. And um, it, it just it's it's just a blessing.
1: It's on the website, right? Like, The guardian angels, the glue that holds it together. I would argue that a runner showing up on race day, pushing a rider, coming back, turning the chair and then going to drink the beer has the easy job. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it can't be done without, you know, your family, as you talked about, right? And Tad and Ben and Reagan, all these people that are pulling the trailer, setting the chairs up, making sure everything's safe. I mean, that like. That's the best. That's one of the best feelings. Like, you mean I just got to show up and run? Got it. That's easy. I mean, so that's a lot of pressure on on the other side of those guardian angels and like cannot be done without you and them across the country. So, yeah, talk about the the feeling of being included. Y'all are included. There is no doubt about that. You're spot on,
0: Joe. Absolutely. What just a, a grand family across the country. Everybody has their role. Uh, speaking of like across the country and having a role and like how we got founded and all those things, we have often referred back to a conversation about couldn't Ainsley have just done bowling or badminton <laughs> or something other than running? So maybe now's the time. Like, can you take us back to the moment where that phrase was first stated? Anybody?
2: So I am not a morning person. I do not like to wake up early and have to get up according to an alarm and jump out of bed and go. I just I'm not a morning person. So most races in southwest Louisiana, especially when it's warm or in the morning, because that's when it's the coolest. So y'all are an hour ahead of us. Um, So there have been several mornings for several years that Kim would get a random text from me that said, and it's 7 in the morning here or 6.30 in the morning here that said, and it's cold or it's hot. And I'm like, you and Ainsley couldn't have just taken up bowling. Like that's inside. It's not open at 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, it's it's heated. It's air conditioned. But they Bathroom, chose to run
1: outside in the
2: elements instead. So I haven't sent you one of those in a while. But I'll probably tell you that this weekend because it's supposed to be cold at TLM. And it's early. TLM is always early. Our wake-up time is anyway
1: yeah, yeah. it's now your wake up your
0: wake up time is now yes just do not sleep no that's no. great no that's funny yeah no she, she didn't do the bowling or the badminton thing she's uh taken to the roll with the wind thing here in virginia beach always a good wind always in your face so yeah. yeah um wow so now we got the full story there that's fun well you you've also uh been able to listen to all of these episodes that we've done on the podcast and i i always like to try to ask you know folks from time to time is there any like previous episode that has stood out to you or a guest or a moment or something you connected with because ultimately that's all we're trying to do with this podcast is tell stories and uplift each other and and kind of share because everybody's got a story and I don't think everybody knew this element of your journey about how you felt a certain way about not being a runner until you didn't feel a certain way anymore so uh, anything stand out anything stand out?
2: So I really like um, one of the things that we talked about, Christine and Tanya and I have talked about before is um, when we first started Ainsley's Angels, we didn't, our focus was not on what someone's disability was. It was let's get them in the chair. Let's have a good time. Let's, you know, but their disability is part of them. So we, I have enjoyed the podcast listening to I hate to say it this way, but like we go to school. Okay. what does he have? Like, what is, what is, you know, like, what is their disability? But you don't want to focus on it. But at the same time, I want to know, like, what are his limitations? What aren't his limitations? Tell me more about how this disability affects him. And so I've enjoyed learning, um, a lot of the podcast, the different ones like, um, Sebastian, like listening to that podcast and watching the podcast, he can communicate with you clear as day. Um, I've learned to tune in more because of the podcast with some of my, I say, my, our writer athletes who I didn't think before could communicate, be more in tune to them. And, and of course, being around them more, you're going to learn their mannerisms and understand what they say, but I've, it's brought me to a new awareness. Um, with our Rider families as to paying more attention. And just because they're smiling, there's a whole lot more behind just those smiles. They have things to say. And if I listen close enough, I'm going to hear them. And Sebastian was just one of them that I can just think of off the top of my head that that whole episode. Of course, Gary is, she makes it, you know, her point to make sure everybody hears Sebastian. and, And she does a real good job of bringing attention to him and I just love them they're so much fun but yeah that's that's one of the ones that really stood out um along with I I think uh Craig McDaniels I loved his story of how him and his wife met and how they have all these children like their why everyone's why is my
1: interest just having that conversation you know what I mean and and I remember times one specific time it was run with your heart and we went to a restaurant for dinner in jacksonville and was in her uh hoyt chair uh at that time and rooster was just you know bowling in the china shop trying to get get her in there and like you know people start looking at her and he's like this is angel you can say hello and then um another time was at a uh one of the cards for kids events uh in hampton roads and one of the poker players asked rooster as he was speaking what um for lack of better terms, like, what was wrong with the rider? And he was like, ask her. She's here. So it's just a matter of, like, yeah. having that conversation. And, again, somebody who had no connection with the disability community until 2008, like, I probably would have said the same thing there. You know what I mean? I, shit, I did do the same, Same said the same thing. I asked, where's friend? Like, what's wrong with this chick, basically? You know what I mean? I didn't know any better. Um, and it goes back to that education and advocacy. So then we can Celebrate. celebrate.
0: Yeah, you nailed it, man. That's spot on. And, and, the, and I, I really appreciate you sharing that with us, Tracy, because we never really know the impact that the, these little conversations are having. We know what the impact that they have on, on each of us individually, Joe and I individually and collectively, and we know what our guests tell us the impact was after the chat. But to know that as you've listened to two years of conversations, 42 conversations, that, that there are things that stand out that are right in line with what we're trying to do. It is to bring to the forefront perspective, because if we don't have the perspective of others, how the heck are we going to advocate for others? How the heck are we going to be allies for others? You you can't, because all you have is your own perspective and there's things that you think the world needs or that a person needs or that a community needs, but without ever taking the time to realize that, hey, Sebastian really doesn't need any help with communicating.
1: We need help with understanding. Correct seek first to understand yeah
2: yeah yeah so you say you don't know that what what your impact is on these podcasts so perfect example i when we when y'all first started the podcast and you had you know y'all were on and christine was on and lori was on it was like briley was on it's like okay well and then we're going to go through you know different people and i was like man i don't really have a story like i don't really have a i'm not a runner i'm not a this i'm not that my perspective about myself was. I didn't really have any, anything interesting enough to be on a podcast. And then Shelley Warner talked about the guardian angel and that just kind of planted a seed in my head. And then as I listened to more and more podcasts, I was like, maybe this is something that I can contribute to. Maybe if I come on saying how I'm not a runner, I never exercised a day in my life, but here I am 12 years in, in this organization involved in all aspects, except the running I'll run if I have have to but it's not gonna like it but anyway um but yeah so your your podcast that that's a, a great affirmation for the two of you right there that these podcasts they touch someone the perspective of that person has to acknowledge that they're being touched and do something about it
0: yeah yeah. Yeah. There you go. So it's one thing to be invited to the table and it's a whole another thing to, to actually feel like you belong at the table and that you can take action and be yeah. part of the solution and have a role and have impact. Like, yeah. And, and that's what I love to celebrate is when a person achieves that moment in their journey where they actually feel like they have had an impact, like they matter, like they are seen. Cause until we get to a point in our journeys where we, where we feel like we're seen or appreciated, it can take you into a lot of different thoroughfares, should I say? Right. So it's good. This has been fun. Uh, I really appreciate you, you, you taking the the time today to join us, but also having the courage and the willingness and the openness to saying, "Yeah, I I can do this podcast guest thing." So I appreciate that.
2: No problem. I was glad to do it. I'm glad. I'm glad it's done. It's another thing I can check off that I've done Ooh. that didn't think. I like people. I love talking with people, but to put me like on the spot in front of a group of people, I usually don't do well, which people find odd about me. So even this, even though it's just the two of you and, you know, y'all are like my brothers, it's still a little intimidating, but um, I'm, I'm glad that I can check this box that it's something that I accomplished.
0: Yeah, no, that's great.
2: I had the love and support from y'all to do so. Kind of yes. like all those, all those runners that came back and got me.
0: Man, I tell you, that's a big deal to us, like to create a space in which you feel safe. I mean, that is a big deal. And uh, to tell two jarheads that, you know, jarhead slogan for Marine, you know, slang for Marine, that they make you feel safe. Like that's, that's a nice testament. Emotionally safe. I mean, physically safe.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The key, yeah, (laughs) exactly. The key there was emotionally
0: safe for sure. Typically, we have Marines to keep us physically safe. You, nobody, nobody calls up the Marines for emotional sanity or safety, uh, but maybe they should more these days. So as we get ready to, to wrap out the episode, Tracy, uh, uh, I, I want to ask you a, two little fun things. This is going to be fun. I'm going to give you a date, and then you, I want you to tell me all the things about that date that come to mind without overthinking it. We're going to do it with two different dates, and we're going to – this is little known facts. Here we go. Ready? And 4th of July.
2: Fourth of July, you and Lori's anniversary, also my brother's birthday. Um, and little known fact is that was my husband and I, Greg's first like family outing date was at y'all's wedding. And we actually have a picture that has been up in our living room from y'all's wedding that stays in a frame. Um, so you and Lori are always present in our living room because every time we look at that picture, it's from y'all's wedding.
0: I love that. And like every guest heard 4th of July and said, America's birthday. And (laughs) we made no connection to that at all. We have our own America's birthday. It's called, yeah, all the things. Okay. That was cool. All right. One other one for little known fact. And hopefully my dates are right. 14 August. That's
2: my anniversary and Lori's
0: birthday. Right. So wait, so you're telling me that your first official date was at Lori's wedding and you're wedding day became lori's birthday the next year
2: correct and let's keep going my mom and dad's anniversary which is lori's aunt and uncle is the same as camden's birthday wow
0: i didn't know about that one at least if i did i forgot
2: aunt biggie and uncle terry which is lori's parents their anniversary is devon's birthday
0: oh you gotta make it stop Wow.
2: Wait, I think there's something else. Maybe that's it.
0: I'm sure there is. That's cool. So little known facts and dates and numbers. You know how I geek out on that stuff. Joe, I know. So I have have,
2: yes, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So, so Joe, anything uh, that you want to offer before we close this out and give Tracy the uh, the last word?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's that time again, folks. 49th running of the Marine Corps Marathon. Last weekend in October, Washington, D.C. If you would like to participate... Is a runner, a rider, or even a guardian? Email joe at org, or go to the link in the description to find out how you can be part of the charity team for Ainsley's Angels and run with the Marines.
0: I love that. So email joe at angelsangels.org. In case I forget to put anything in the description, that's your failsafe.
1: No, no, I will not let you forget to put it in the description. <laughs>
0: So welcome to 2024 and the series of what will be probably another 20 episodes of Joe mentioning the Marine Corps Marathon at every
1: at every trip.
0: What about next year though, dude? The 50th
1: running. So yeah, next year, 2025, the 50th running of the Marine Corps Marathon. Um, it's going to be a special one. If you like what we've done since, wow, for the past 10 years. Uh, just just wait until next year, and you'll can find out more about the 20. 25 running the 50th anniversary at our dinner Saturday night this year. So you got to run this year to know about next year. Okay. That's a good dangle. I like that. And of course,
0: Tracy, we're going to see you this, uh, next couple next couple days, uh, arriving in Baton Rouge. We're going to have a dinner, break some bread Saturday night, remind everybody that we have a podcast. Um, it'll be out there. (laughs) We're on Instagram. We're going to post some pictures. Tracy's going to get us some pictures for some of the things we talked about in the episode. We hope y'all had a good time. And uh, we want to give Tracy an opportunity to close us out. So Tracy, what do you want to leave our listeners with as they prepare to carry on with their plans of the day?
2: Never underestimate yourself. Uh, if someone approaches you because they think that you can contribute something, and you think, ah, oh, no, that's really not my realm, give it a chance because you never know where you're going to end up. Just be involved, be kind, and just treat everyone with the same kind of respect you you want to have for yourself, um, and just smile. You know what? I got Got enough.
1: He's in charge. (laughs) We're done. This was good. Yeah, we're done here. (laughs) Uh, The structure of this building has reached its capacity.
2: Find your people, and if they make you feel sexy, even better.